Yeah, yeah, check one, two, check one, two. Is this mic on? Is this mic on? Hey, listen, man. It's the one and only trendsetter DJ Sense, and you're listening to Cocktails. Dirty Discussions with Kiki and Medina Monroe. Yeah. Today's cocktail is very simple, and it's called Seven Seconds in Heaven. And really what it is is just a glass of Prosecco, chilled in a Tiffany's champagne glass. <laughs> you had to hype it up in the end real quick and do something to elevate it. <laughs> Welcome back to Cocktails Dirty Discussions, you guys. What's going on, Medina? Hey, y'all. Um, oh, Kiki, I just wish there were more hours in a day sometimes. I seriously think I need two Adderalls just to prepare. I literally texted Vienna the other day and said, do you know anyone that could give me, because I knew she would know someone. Mm-hmm. Do you know anyone that could give me Adderall? I don't even, I'm not even an Adderall person, but I literally need to not sleep for two days. Yeah, it, I have too much to do. It's rude. It, it's just too much. Like when we were texting about getting together for the live show, I'm just like, how am I going to squeeze these days together? Like... I've got to find time, but I don't know how. Walker came to work with me today. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. That was... Was uh, it bring your child to work day? You know what? Actually, it was. I I didn't know that. So he was just coming. Well, why did he come? He missed me. So you were just like, come to work with me, child. Mm -hmm. So Sean dropped him off in the middle of the day. I was like, you can bring him early. And so she's like, oh, I'll have some meetings, blah, blah, blah. It'll be easier if I just bring him in the afternoon. So he came and hung out with me at work. We were playing with Band-Aids and the first aid kit. And everything. A lot of people bring their kids there. Um, I personally like it because people don't come in there with such attitudes when they see him. So it's it's just a little bit better. You know, and then they don't expect you to do too much because they see that you have a kid there. And it's just like, don't bring his ass every day because we know you don't have a baby. Because I was telling everybody that was my son. I wasn't sure how many people knew that I didn't have kids. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Because, okay, I'm just going to keep it real. Those are men in there. You know it's mostly men. They just feel like women who have kids, mothers, they cut them so much slack. With everything. And I'm not saying that those women don't deserve some slack. I just want some slack, too. You know? And it's like, oh, my kid is having a bad day. I need to go home. Sometimes I want to go home because I'm having a bad day. So if I had an imaginary kid, it would just make it a little bit easier. You know, nobody's tripping. They trip when it's you having a bad day. But when it's your kid, it's like, well, you got to take care of the kid. So I just wanted them to think I had a child. But they were like, we know you don't have kids, Kiara. Everybody knows that. (sighs) So I was like, well, I'm going to have to take care of him more often because we're, you know, just stuff is going on, which is a total lie. But get him, get it, get it. You know, you got to do what you can. Well, I was going to ask you what's going on with you, but obviously you're booked and busy. Yeah, just doing get ready stuff. Get ready stuff. I got 12 eyelashes left, and y'all know I like to I keep about seven. 100. <laughs> I have seven in total left. I, I be, like, trying to pull up my glasses to talk to people, and then I'm like, let me put them right back down. I need a bang. Yeah. Do you have allergies? Not at all. Okay, I, feel I do. bad for everyone that has them. I don't think it doesn't affect me at all. I rub my eyes so much, and it's like, look, it's half of it's gone. Like, I need to put a strip on. It's just bad. And then Walker is, like, pulling my eyelashes today. Look at these. Where's all the rest of your eyelashes? Like, boy, if you were grown, I'd say some mean things to you. Oh, y'all. It's almost <sighs> whatever. time for the I'm ready live for my trip. Show. I'm ready for the live show. I'm ready for that. I'll be ready for that when I have an outfit in my closet that I want to wear. I, I just you. don't know. I have all these jumpsuits that I think are really cute, mm-hmm. perfect for a stage, but... They're just not, I just don't feel like it's just like, mm, you know. I feel you. Well, 
Let's shout out our sponsors real quick. Shout out okay. to 255 on Peter Street. Spin, what's up? Y'all my favorite pizza and uh, jer barbecue jerk wing place, Peep Show Toys. Lashes by Ari. She orgasms. Remember, she has a coupon code for us. It's cocktails, sexual essentials, authors, Sabrine S, Nico and Robo Beauty. Ooh, and Zola's Glory. It's Bomb Aesthetics. And Georgia Media Agency. Shout out to Georgia Media Agency. What's up? She be in this bitch helping us. Okay. Shout out. Okay, so uh, remember, you can still get tickets to Sunday show on Eventbrite. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. And I guess we will move on to weird sex before we introduce you to our guest. You said a man is not a necessity. A man is a luxury. Like dessert. Yeah. A man is absolutely not a necessity. Did you mean that to sound mean and bitter? Oh, not at all. I adore dessert. I love men. I think men are the coolest. But you don't really need them to live. So, y'all, people are just crazy. Some people, it's just like being wealthy at birth is not enough. This woman is the heir to Seagram's. Like Seagram's the, gin. The ginger ale? Well, that in the gin, the liquor, all oh, of that, wow. right? So she's an heir, and um, her and um, a few other people have been a part of a pyramid scheme that involves sex trafficking and racketeering. They all pled guilty, so, you know, there's that. They, um, they basically had a multi-level marketing scheme going where they had these sex slaves and they had masters. But it wasn't like fun dungeon stuff like what this you were illegal. talking about. Yes. They were getting these women from other countries, men too. But they were getting these people from other countries, making fake visas, doing all sorts of fraudulent stuff, getting these people, recruiting them, having them pay all this money to join this company that had all of these promises. But when you got there, you really got turned into a sex slave and you had to service your master. And until you... Um, recruited other sex slaves you didn't get to move up so once you recruited a certain number of people you could move up and you could be a master and these were, were women who were do well the the sex slaves weren't rich i'm saying the people who were doing this yeah people are fucking greedy and sick it's just crazy so these people are working their way up just like doing fucked up shit to other people to move on up the ladder and there were um there were a bunch of different things going on i'm not going to run through the list because it's a really long story but um, the main woman was Claire Bronfman. I guess that's how you say it. She is the heiress to the Seagram's Liquor Fortune. And there were a couple of other uh, fraudulent companies and other people involved, a bookkeeper. Um, there was one man at the top who was involved. Um, he was under her, but he was at the top. And then everybody else was women. And it's just like, damn, y'all going to do your sisters like that? You just ruined your whole life. And Mr. Seagram's <sighs> is probably like, what? what? But you know what? That main lady is only facing between 21 and 27 months in prison. So she didn't ruin months? her whole... Months. That's so, like, serious. less... See where money gets So, you? like, about two years, maybe. That's fucking ridiculous. Isn't it? <sighs> the bookkeeper, though, got six count. She's facing between six and 12 months in prison, and then somebody else has another 27 months in prison. That's just crazy. I don't even know. Don't join anything that sounds too good to be true because you might be joining some shit like this, you guys. You be careful of those multi level marketers. And I guess don't drink Seagram's uh, ginger ale anymore. Go to Schweppes. Sh 
<laughs> Y'all, we have two special guests this week. We have Frankie and Candy. Y'all are getting married, right? That's right. Y'all are yeah. fiancés. And so like a quick little background before they introduce themselves. We met Frankie and Candy because like we told y'all for the past couple of weeks, Kiki and I moderated um, a, a panel. panel at Frolicon for the Polly Pockets and they are a part of the Pockets. So tell everybody a quick little something about you. So I'm Frankie, and I'm a master barber at Tiger's Eye Barber Shop, and it is in West Midtown. And this is my lovely fiance, Candy. I'm Candy Liqueur, and I'm a burlesque dancer, and Ooh. I'm a fetish model, and I'm engaged to Frankie, and um, we share a mutual girlfriend, Emily, who was on the original Polly Podcast, uh, Polly Pockets podcast episode for cocktails? Y'all remember yeah. Emily? So mm -hmm. before we go any further, we're gonna play a quick little game. Okay. Ooh. We like to play games to get everybody loose, even though we be me and Kiki be loose. Already. Yeah, because I'm about to gulp <laughs> some of this. It was a long day, <laughs> and I need no. some energy. I need to be pumped up. There's right. another bottle, so uh, hey. I was pumped about the champagne. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're gonna play Would You Rather. So y'all know that game. Okay. Okay, you want to go first or you want me to? You go first. Okay, so the first one is, would you rather have sex in a sex store private room or trapeze in front of a crowd? I guess I think I might know the answer. But, <laughs> <laughs> but which would you rather? So I am the exhibitionist okay. of the two of us. you know, And I think that comes with being a performer, you know, being mm. a burlesque performer, that I think that the, the kind of person who's drawn to taking your clothes off on stage, you know, you feed off of that audience reaction. And so I do definitely have the, like, public sex fantasy going on that I, like, dabble in here and there. Um, but but more of the, like, we're in a public place and we could be caught very easily. But it's mm -hmm. not, like, in front of an audience that's direct. But it's, like, exciting because it's it's public and you could be caught any moment. Any moment. And so, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm up for the public stuff. Okay. I'm, I'm down for that. I would say I can agree with her. I definitely like the possibility of being caught, uh -huh. I think. But when I think about the back room of a sex store, mm -hmm. it really grosses me out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's like I've been back there, you know, and um, I didn't go back again. And it was like I got lost and I was like, oh, wrong way. It yep. was dirty. Well, they're just, you know, it's like there's guys lined up on the walls, like, waiting mm -hmm. for Oh, just, people. like, waiting for That's sex. That's how that sex club mm -hmm. was that I went to in Dallas. Yep. Waiting for sex? Well, they or just whatever. wait for people to walk by. And, like, I went there because my friend worked at the place, and I was trying on a pair of, like, breakaway, because I, I do burlesque as well, like, mm -hmm. breakaway pants. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is too much. Like, <laughs> So I would definitely rather have it in front of people at trapeze. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Mm -hmm. I feel you, too. I think I would pick trapeze, too. Yep. Yeah. Depending on, like... Who I was with, right? I mean, no, of course, I'm gonna be all scared because there have been moments when it's like you, you possibly could do it. And I'd be scared, like right. I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. Let's I would only be scared if I knew I was about to fuck somebody who wasn't gonna give me good sex. Mm -hmm. Like that would just be embarrassing. Yeah. That everybody's seeing this bad right. sex we're having. I don't want to subject <laughs> people to that. If you're gonna watch it, I want it to be a show. Like, uh, right. Right. I need my makeup to be done. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> man. Have you? Okay, speaking of your makeup being done. Have you ever had somebody like fuck an eyelash like right off of your eye? Yeah. Like a strip. Then, like a strip eyelash mm -hmm. and then you're just they're hanging. Just, they're just getting you really good and then it just like pops. It's like, <laughs> man, you just fucked that eyelash. And right it's all crunchy. Like, I was going to reuse that. Okay, it's all bent up. <laughs> it's gone. Have you ever had cum in your eyelash? Good mm -hmm. God, don't let it happen to the extensions because you can't get it out. No, you can't save that you know, one. I'll, I'll, 
I'll, I'll actually admit that has never happened to me. <laughs> it happened you to know, me. It, it, I guess it comes well, with it comes with the territory. Comes with the territory there. <laughs> okay, There's next one. Would you po- <laughs> would you rather pose for a nude centerfold in a magazine or walk down the street completely naked? Can I choose both? Absolutely. <laughs> I guess. We don't have okay. no rules. Who's an exhibitionist? <laughs> me. <laughs> um I would love to be a centerfold in a magazine. That would be bomb. Um, I normally don't pose nude. I do like um, implied nudes and mm-hmm. I do photos with pasties and a thong or, um, you know, some lacy negligee or, or teddy mm-hmm. or something like that. But like, man, being published in a magazine, that's dope as shit. That would yeah. be amazing. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And also being naked in public on the street. That's also, I mean, just just cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's just cool. I definitely wouldn't say both. <laughs> I say I'm an exhibitionist, but I think I'd rather be published in a magazine because I'll mm-hmm. make money. First of all, you know, mm-hmm. so you got to pay Smart. to see all this, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> if on the street, depending on the setting, it might be cool. I mean, I've been near naked, especially last weekend walking on the street, <laughs> but um, you know, that's just frolicon. <laughs> okay, would you rather have an anal hook or have your nipples clamped? Oh. Do you want to go first on that? Frankie? Oh, yeah, that's easy. I would definitely say nipples clamped, mm-hmm. even though I can't really feel them right now. So why can't you feel your nipples? So I just had top surgery. So uh, I'm a transgender man, and I had my top surgery three months ago. So I had to have my nipples taken off and put back on. Mm. So my chest is just now getting the nerve endings back in it. Really? So eventually I may feel them again. But right uh-huh. now it just feels like pressure. But there's a possibility mm-hmm. that you might not feel them? Yes. There is, mm. which is fine because I don't have tits anymore, so that's mm. great. Yeah. yeah, tits. Right. Mm. Yeah. I love those, but just not on me. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I would also go for the nipple clamps. You know, yeah. I think uh, that the nipple clamps are in our regular rotation. Say, that's just like yeah. a normal. I feel like I'll show me a picture. Maybe. Of some. Yeah. Maybe. I'm oh, definitely because gonna... cause they had the, the clover style that they yeah. were trying uh, out at yep. the... Yep. I'm definitely going to do dinner with you guys because when I was at the Frolicon in the sex dungeon, I saw that man with that hook in his booty and I was like, Mm -hmm. hey, y'all came up with these questions. I know that's where she got it from. I was explaining it to Kiki like he had the pins in his My butt was hurting. My booty was hurting. By the way, we saw him later. He still had it. Later with his dom. Still had it. Are you serious? Where? Hours. I just wonder if he was happy. He was. (laughs) But he was like, he's a. What, be a pain slut? Yeah. Yeah, he a was what? a pain slut. A pain that would, slut. Mm-hmm, oh. That would be like his title. From Just what like I can addicted to pain. Vis- visibly and then from what very much see. satisfied by receiving pain, which neither Frankie or I yeah, are that's pain nice. sluts. Uh-huh. And so, but and we're not shaming anybody who does identify that way, but... Um, but yeah, that's so kind. Yeah. Every time y'all say that, you're like, just so you know, we're not shaming. Yeah, we don't want to keep shame anybody. We're kinky. I wish it. I could be a pain slut, mainly for these uh, period cramps I have going on mm. right now. You know, <laughs> I just wish. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Um, do you have another one? I do, but I kind of want to just start the discussion. Okay. Yeah, because I want to get back into this um, top surgery and kind of understanding maybe some of the changes that you've gone through being a trans man. So I would say for the top surgery, it's definitely like night and day. It's something I've wanted for many years, mm-hmm. and I used to wear binders. So I would wear like a, it's almost like a super tight sports bra. Mm-hmm. And then when I would perform and do burlesque, I would tape my chest. So I would tape my biofemale chest to the side with KT tape or trans tape. And then I would perform, and I would like sculpt, like we would put makeup on me to kind of like disguise it a little bit. And then I would perform that way. So 
having to not wear binders, not feel uncomfortable, and to just be able to live my life freely as myself and be able to like wear shirts like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is so freeing and makes it where I don't feel as dysphoric or feel like I'm, you know, not in, it's not even not in the right body because I appreciate being trans and I'm proud of being trans. So I don't necessarily feel like I was born in the wrong, wrong body. Quote. Yeah. You know, quoting, like how a lot of people say it like that. It's yeah. more of like, this is who I am and I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. When you had breast, were you a part of the itty bitty titty committee or did you have big old tiggle bitties? So I had like the in-betweener is what I like to call. Mm. So like before testosterone, my chest was like a large B, I would say. Okay. And it didn't necessarily get smaller. It's just that when I became on testosterone, my body changed and the body weight distribution moved in my body. So as I, you know, transitioned medically my body like I got traps behind you know like where they are in a normal person especially on a man when they're visible so my body it's almost like blowing up a balloon Hmm. so like my body went from like more soft like this like Mm -hmm. you know like almost like this like because I would always be like this because I was you know didn't like my chest but yeah so basically I like to think of it as like blowing up a balloon okay so like I instead of my chest getting smaller necessarily it like when my chest like my body got changed a little bit it's hard to explain but I remember walking by the mirror one day and seeing my body you know pre-op and looking at my back and my like traps and I was like oh my god and she was there Mm. Andy was there and I was like I have I have traps what are traps right here Oh, oh. They're okay. like the muscles that are on your the back of your shoulder and back of your collarbone, like an upper back muscle that is very prominent in, in, in men. men. Mm-hmm. Right. I love so that. By taking testosterone shots right. sure. every yeah. week, Frankie started Develop developing Were you this sore? muscle. Like, could you feel like? No, I feel stronger. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, it's almost not fair, really, because mm-hmm. testosterone makes you stronger. So I started working out, so that helped. But so since my body was growing, like my chest, it like, it's like, expanded more mm-hmm. Opa. <laughs> it expanded more so it made it seem like it was smaller but it wasn't so okay. that's why I just kind of like redistributing exactly everything. so I wanted to be on hormones for at least six months before my surgery because I knew that it would affect it positively mm-hmm. okay. because I was like oh there'd be you know less to work with if being on testosterone is going to deflate the girls you know your chest your, your female chest a little bit then that just can only help you when you have surgery a little yeah. bit yeah exactly so um, let's backtrack a, a bit. When did you realize you were trans? I would say it's it's interesting to think about because the foreshadowing of it, like when I was younger, my mom kind of pushed gender on me a lot. Mm-hmm. And she wanted me to be her little girl. So I took that role because I didn't really have a choice. Right. And I love my mom and we we're super close. But And she now apologizes because she knows she did that. Because mm-hmm. I have a brother and, you know, so she had a son and she had a daughter. So I remember being a Girl Scout and I always wanted to be a Boy Scout and I always wanted to do like the cool stuff and go like learn how to like make a fire and all this and I was like going to Girl Scout camps like I was the one in the woods that were like where's Frankie like you know so they always called you Frankie so no I I like to refer to myself as Frankie now because that's who I am and even when I refer to myself in the past and like past tense I still like to think of it as that because my dead name is what so a dead name is a term in trans folks or like your past name like your birth name Mm -hmm. okay and i medically transitioned and changed my name and i got top surgery but that doesn't make anybody trans necessarily you Mm -hmm. don't have to go through any of these steps to be trans 
if you say you're trans, you're trans. Mm-hmm. So this is just my journey. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go on hormones. I wanted to get top surgery. I wanted to change my name. So I always like to clarify that because there's not, um, you know, some people say you're not trans enough, you know what I mean, or mm-hmm. that kind of term. But anybody can be trans. But, like, when I was, I came, I was outed at 16 as gay. And I always, by, who? by um, so somebody called my mom. And they told her that they saw me kissing a girl at a theater performance, which I, like, kissed her on the cheek. It was like, you know, and so I, my mom called me freaking out. I rushed home, thought somebody died, and she, like, freaked out. And it was a whole thing. Oh, was that kind of freak out? It was. It was rough. And so now, you know, 14 years later, me and my mom are super close. Mm -hmm. But initially, it was hard. And so that was just the first hump. Mm -hmm. And after a few years... My parents um, were more accepting and stuff like that. And then I started realizing that I didn't really feel right in the whole lesbian category. I never felt like a lesbian. I always referred to myself as gay or queer. And queer is the term that up until the past, like, I don't know, five to ten years, it's been a negative term. Mm-hmm. And now we're able to take Queers. that term, right? Yeah, yeah I remember you that. Know, like kids no. in high school saying that to right. people. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Even like especially back in like the 80s and stuff like that. That's a really derogatory negative term. But now we're taking the word queer and we have power to it. I feel empowered to call myself queer. And my fiance is with a trans man, right? So when somebody asks how she identifies, when she says queer, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. But if somebody says you know, and she can say she's gay and that's still okay, you know, to us and stuff like that. But at the same time, if she walked into a bar and said to somebody she's gay and then I come up behind her, they're like, who's this guy you're with? Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean you're gay? Mm-hmm. So queer is something that she can own and she can say whoever I'm with, especially for our girlfriend, Emily. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we have a girlfriend, as you you guys know, Emily, who is a femme burlesque performer. So since she's queer, she can go out and be seen with Emily and mm-hmm. be seen as queer, and she can be out with me and be seen as queer. So that's such a beautiful term that we're taking back. Okay. So I wanted to kind of go back a little bit on when we when you were talking about taking the testosterone. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> taking the testosterone and the steps to getting your surgery, you went into that. But I had a question about testosterone, and if it's too personal, you do not have to answer. But I was curious to know, does Probably that— not going to be. Do you still have a menstrual cycle? No. That's a great question. So that was something that I learned later in life, right? What a blessing. It's not fair. It's not fair, right? So I remember one of my first um, close trans friends, and I was talking to him. He had been on T for like five years, and I was like, so what's like your period like? Is that weird? And he said, it just goes away. And I said, what? what? It just goes away? And he said, yeah, it takes a few months. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it takes a few months, and then it goes away. And I was like, give me some of that. Give me some of that. And I'm going to be waxing my mustache and my beard. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have those you muscles. Sure will. These, this little bit of titty I got is going to be redistributed. Yep. I don't. Yep. Wow. Sure so will. it's just gone just... forever. So it's not forever. It, um, if I decided, like, um, like we've talked about, like, in, the, in, you know, X amount of time, if I wanted to um, save some eggs, mm-hmm. I would have to go off of hormones. I would get my cycle back. And then I would, you know, get eggs taken and then I could go back on. Mm-hmm. So the more I take, if I just were to go off of testosterone, like, I don't want to be on tea anymore. Eventually, like, it would take, like, two months, I would get my cycle back. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But it took, I would say, it took about a month and a half. 
I had like a cycle and a half Mm -hmm. after, which was weird to have like your cycle and then have testosterone going through your body. That was Mm -hmm. really strange. Does that ever like mentally do anything to you just because you have all these different hormones flowing in you? Oh, definitely. There's a the class that one of the classes that I taught at Frolicon, I had like a, a sheet of positives and negatives, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like pros and cons. Of and taking it, testosterone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like pros are like deepening your voice, um, you know, weight distribution, not being misgendered. Uh, and, and these are, you know, just to clarify, these are pros from pr- Frankie's point of view yes. mm-hmm. as an AFAB, you know, mm-hmm. which is like um, someone who is assigned female um at, at birth, birth. Mm-hmm. and and so who has decided you know at his adult self to um transition to being male which is what he's always felt that would be the best fit for him and so for him pre-taking testosterone um he identified as male but he got misgendered a lot and people would call him female and call him she her even though he'd wear a pin that would say he him mm-hmm. and um, he would be speaking to somebody on the phone and they would ma'am him. Mm-hmm. And so by taking testosterone, it helped to relieve a lot of those um, things that caused him a lot of psychological harm during that pre-testosterone phase. So such as lowering his voice was very big pro for him. And um, growing some facial hair helps him to not be misgendered so much. And so mm-hmm. that's a very big pro for him. And um, not having your period anymore is oh, also yeah. a huge pro for mm-hmm. everybody. Because that makes tampons. you feel, you know, well, that right. Like mm-hmm. that and just like having to handle that mm-hmm. and being a man, you know, like being like, I have a period. Like this is like weird. It just didn't feel right. And then also like the hormones that go with it. But to answer your question about like mood, like my mood swings will change mm-hmm. and I can't deny that my aggression has changed. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be times where I'm not realizing that I'm aggressive towards, especially Candy, cause she's my beautiful partner that I live with. So she's around the whole shebang and she's there for it. And so sometimes I will be in a moment of like, even if it's something small where like, I, I don't like freak out. I'm, I'm super chill most mm-hmm. of the time, but like a moment where I'm kind of aggressive towards her and then she's like, whoa, that was kind of aggressive. And I'm like, no. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, damn, babe, I'm sorry. That was that was the hormone monster. Mm-hmm. And I don't realize it at the time. And that's like how, and I understand cis men for, mm-hmm. like more. So when I say cis men or cis gender people, I mean like people like you, mm-hmm. born female, identified female, right? Mm-hmm. Kiki, born female, identified female, like my fiance. Like me, I'm transgender, so I'm not cisgender. So cisgender men that are born male and go through the things like how they're hot all the time, like Mm -hmm. physically, I get it, (laughs) how they're horny all the time, Mm -hmm. I totally get it. So that is one of the funny parts of my class, like we had it on the bottom of like the positives, like increased sex drive, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then on the cons, increased sex drive, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) So we're non-monogamous and we have a girlfriend and other partners, but it's not necessarily like the funnest thing because I'm going through puberty. So sometimes it's inconvenient. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel like horny or whatever, like a teenage boy, like when I'm at work Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's like, I have to like cut somebody's hair right now and I need to like 
think about my grandma. Okay. <laughs> All right. What are we going to, okay, let's just not. Or like, I like get dressed the wrong way or like something. I'm like, ooh, that felt okay. Yeah, and he puts right. on clothes and it just like rubs his body in a certain mm-hmm. direction. And, and like, all of a sudden ooh. he's turned on. Mm-hmm. But you yeah, have not had the bottom that. surgery though, no. right? Do you plan on doing that? I personally don't. Okay. I don't have bottom dysphoria. I can put it on and take it off whenever I want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that works for me. But I will say things downstairs do change. That's something that I was a little nervous about mm-hmm. when I first started hormones. So, like, what changed? What? Oh, so I was about to ask, like, the <laughs> right. physical? Yes. So you um, grow a little baby dick. Really? So the, the female clit mm-hmm. grows when you start taking testosterone. Yeah. And so uh-huh. it grows until it's like a, a thumb. Oh, and wow. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's, a, it's yep. a little baby dick. Now, and they Candy, did you have to get used to these changes too, or were yeah. you just were you just like I'm just going with everything? Or was there ever a moment where you were like, um, I don't like hmm. this? Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think that you know I I'm not transgendered. I'm a cisgendered person. I'm I think a we both woman. had to get used to it. So y'all were <laughs> yeah. dating before you got your surgery Correct. and started taking trans. Yep. Okay. So I've been with Frankie um, pre his um, transition. I've been with him through his legal name change and through starting testosterone, and he's on it for over a year now. And then um, I went with him through his um, top surgery process, which we went down to Florida and got his surgery and all that good stuff. Um, and I was his sexy nurse <laughs> taking care of him when he couldn't yep. lift more than Even five pounds. bought a sexy outfit. Yeah, you he, did? He bought me a sexy nurse outfit, <laughs> y'all. I did. So I the, love it. I love it, too. <laughs> ah, you know. right. I, I need to do a photo bottle. shoot in that outfit, too. Right. right. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I forgot you don't have on headphones. Um, so it definitely um, is a huge transition for both of us. Frankie's the first um, trans man that I've ever dated or been with. Mm-hmm. And so most of my um, dating and sexual history has been with female-bodied people. Um, and I have been with... A couple of cisgender men, but it's definitely the minority. And so when Frankie's body and anatomy starts making physical changes, it's definitely something where, you know, I know how to work with this equipment. Mm -hmm. I know how to work with that equipment. And this is a new piece of equipment Mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't all the way know how to work with. And he doesn't know how to work with it either. And Mm -hmm. so we're figuring it out together. And I think we've got it down pretty good, you know, like practice makes perfect. This is true. I mean, it is an adjustment, though. I will say, like, at first, like, I was nervous about it because I was like, I kind of like what I've got going on downstairs. I don't really want bottom surgery necessarily, and that, you know, may change, but I don't see that changing. But it was an adjustment. I was kind of nervous, but I'm now I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. proud of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and it's something that it's going to happen. One so. of my favorite new things that Frankie says is whenever anybody pisses oh, him off, yeah. like in traffic, you know, when he has like road rage and he's like, yeah, you can suck my baby dick. All right. <laughs> yep. You do not say that. Yeah, I do. That that totally fun. does. Could you yep. imagine if somebody yelled that at you? You'd be like, wait, <laughs> suck what? Suck my baby dick. They'd be yeah. like, wait. That would definitely make you stop and like right? reevaluate some things like that. I mean, let me drive right. You don't want me to get out my purple one because <laughs> it's bigger than yours. <laughs> <laughs> We have a new toy sponsor, Peep Show Toys. Peep Show Toys has pleasure products for all bodies and at all price points. Whether you want to spend 50 bucks or 1000 you can enjoy yourself while knowing that every toy is not only within your budget, but made from 100% body-safe materials. And it's not just a toy store. There's tons of other products for everyone. We're including a link in the description box where you can view our gender expression collections at www.bit.ly slash pscocktails. 
Browse the selection of packing, padding, and tucking products. You can also shop our favorite toys in the special Cocktails Dirty Discussions collection. Use code COCKTAILS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your order. You guys know I'm all about toys and adding some spice in the bedroom. Their products won't disappoint. Peep Show Toys. Inclusive, body safe, and affordable. When you went through all of the changes and you changed your name, did you change your sex as well? So I did not. Okay. And I actually have the opportunity to because I gave or my surgeon gave me, you know, a piece of paper that says, like, you are male. Mm-hmm. But I personally feel very fluid in my gender. Okay. I feel very much I identify male, but I am very gender fluid. So I've never. And that's another thing that took me a while to medically transition because I still appreciate the feminine, feminine parts and my feminine energy that I have. And I like to be more seen as like a pretty boy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I like to be androgynous still. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. But it is very affirming being seen as male because I don't feel fully female. But that's why it's kind of like a hard thing to be gender fluid. And it's kind of like a battle where occasionally having the male privilege, which is a whole other thing, is kind of hard mm-hmm. because I've you know lived my life as a woman for so many years and I appreciate and respect women and when I get this male privilege especially being like a white man with white male privilege I sometimes don't want it Mm -hmm. and sometimes try to out myself to make it clear that I am you know I'm a minority Mm -hmm. you know in that aspect I would say but I mean I try to use my power for good though have you ever had someone ask you like are you a guy or a girl? Oh, yeah. And are you offended? Especially children. Oh, man. Children have yeah, no qualms oh, walking help it. Right, right up to Frankie and saying, are you a boy or a girl? Right. And I'm like, I'm Frankie. My favorite color is blue. What about you? Because that's mm-hmm. what matters is really like who is the person it and should not be. their gender. And, that, and kids are like, oh, my favorite color is this. You know, mm-hmm. but like adults, like when it's adults, that's my opportunity to educate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when I take, I'm like, okay. This person needs to be educated, whether it's going to be a malicious comment to me or us. Like, because people ask her, you know, plenty of questions, too. Mm -hmm. And, like, I mean, when it comes to gender, it really shouldn't be a thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, especially kids, like, that's the perfect example of a person to teach. Like, we were in Target one time. I was waiting on my tea, actually. There was a mom. Waiting on the testosterone from the pharmacy. My my Mm -hmm. testosterone. So we're sitting oh, there. I, I like was thinking sweet Starbucks. Uh, no, no. <laughs> passion fruit. No, <laughs> sorry. Sweet tea with some lemon. Right. Yeah, yeah my, my testosterone with a, with a little side of a... Side of lemon on your testosterone. Right. <laughs> but this kid was like, um, I guess the, the the kid's dad was looking for a feminine product mm-hmm. for, for the, his mom or something. And he was like, Mom, what's feminine? And she was like... And I was like waiting. I was like, what did she what say? Right, and I like looked at her, and she was like, "Well, um, it's just a way to describe someone, you know, like masculine or feminine, but you know, it could be either way, like men or women, and, you know." And like, she defined it so well that I was like, "Yeah, this mom was teaching her child, you know, that the feminine products are in this aisle, and you know, feminine can be used to describe men, and feminine can be used to mm-hmm. describe women, just like masculine can be used to describe men." Or women, mm-hmm. and it was such a cool moment to see that mom have that like teaching moment with mm-hmm. her kid. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Okay, cool." And then he like ran around the corner. You know, it's like he's a kid, but like having that type of perspective 
an understanding that masculine and feminine aren't just for male or female Mm -hmm. and that you could be either way is so beautiful to me. Yeah. Have you ever felt unsafe? Like, have you ever had a man try to step to you as like a like to to fight you or to just make you feel like, well, you don't have the strength of a man? I mean, I God. I've definitely heard you're not, you know, a real man plenty mm-hmm. of times, and that's like, uh, you're cute. Mm-hmm. But I would say I've definitely had situations where it's been a little tense, mm-hmm. and the more I transition medically, I get more protective, mm-hmm. especially over Candy and over Emily and my other partners. Like I, it's not a jealousy thing necessarily. It's like a like a protection, mm-hmm. and I get protective over my friends, and I. So sometimes I kind of like buck, like I'm like, I stand my, you know, shoulders mm-hmm. higher because I like to be more present, mm-hmm. but I don't want to seem like that, like, you know, douchebag that's like trying to be that way. It's just a, but I would say like, I have had the most negativity with men and like, um, which is ironic in like a gay male space. Really? I've had um, gay men aggressively hit on me. In ways, or see me with her, and we're like, so, You're so with Frankie, a woman. right now, uh-huh. um, he his his visual aesthetic is very like gay man metrosexual, metrosexual, which and I love, so, which mm-hmm. I'm like fine with, mm-hmm. right? Because he's he's a pretty boy, but he's mm-hmm. masculine. He's got these you know sharp edges on his chin from testosterone. He's got you know his facial hair from testosterone. His voice is dropped, um, but he's still fashionable and chic mm-hmm. and wears skinny right. jeans mm-hmm. and we go to gay bars and you know because we um previously have both you know identified as as lesbian at previous parts in our life and we date women together and so we hang out at at gay bars a lot and so when we're at a gay space the gay males are all about them I'm some like frankie all right <laughs> they they think that he's the sexiest gay boy Literally, they've ever seen like and they don't me. know so how do you shut it down? Do you shut it down or does he he shut it down or y'all just let it happen unless somebody gets too? There have been a couple of situations. And so in one situation, um, I was gone to the bathroom when a guy approached Frankie and starts hitting on him, Mm -hmm. starts like putting his hand on the small of Frankie's back and is just trying to talk him up. And I come over and just smile and just, you know, grab Frankie's hand and like, oh, hi, who's this new friend you just met? Mm -hmm. And Frankie says, oh, hi, this is my fiancé, because he's trying to have an out, because he's like, save me, save me, save me, this yeah, guy's me hitting out, on me. me. Oh. <laughs> and um, the guy will look at me and be like, ha, this is not your fiancé. You're not getting married to her. A you're a gay head. man. Obviously, you're a gay man. Be you true know? to yourself. Or sometimes, <laughs> exactly. Frankie and I are in public spaces, and people look at me like, girl, one day you're going to learn that he's gay. Yeah. He's going to leave you. <laughs> All right. Girl, just he's just lying. Like they can see it clear as day yeah. that that my fiance is a gay man, and just they think I'm just blind to mm-hmm. it, and they don't realize that he's a trans man. And now that, that makes me wonder times when I have thought when I have thought that about people like girl he's gay like and you're <laughs> it now makes me wonder like how many times did you think that did and I it think that it was really like well no he's trans and you you just didn't know it and. Or maybe he does like men and he likes women too and she doesn't care. Right. Exactly. See, right and I, there. Love, I was just about to say that's a beautiful perspective to have because, you know, as long as the person is respectful and it's consensual with either partner, like mm-hmm. if said this person that was flirting with me, it was in New York is one you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This happened a few mm-hmm. times. Um, so if he, like if I was like kind of like, oh, this is fun or whatever, so this particular individual was extremely 
aggressive not, okay. and you know not not something that Frankie was digging mm-hmm. at the time. He came up to us four different times. Oh wow! Yeah, after he and then he said, "Oh my God, I thought you were a guy. I wanted you to be my boyfriend, but you're a girl." And then like. I'm what? like, no, I'm a man. And so to have a, a gay man following you around in a gay club saying, I, I thought you were a man, but you're a girl, but you're a girl, but you're a girl. And when you've spent your whole life with your inner monologue being, I'm not a girl, I'm a man. And I'm, I'm and then having like the whole world crash down on you and you have to overcome that psychologically. And then you finally get to a good space and then you. Uh, so that was that was not a good moment. You mm. know, Frankie, have you ever dated men? I did. My last ex-boyfriend, um, I think I was 15. Wow. Yeah. So did you a, like him or did you do it because you felt like that's oh, what everybody else wanted beard. you to do? He was okay. totally my beard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Explain what a beard is. So a beard <laughs> is um, when someone is queer or, you know, queer identifying and they have a partner that they are with that they don't have to have sex with or they just don't choose to have sex with and that they are just choosing to keep them as a front for their own identity. So when you were 15 and you had your little 15-year-old boyfriend, mm-hmm. were you all physically intimate? So I told him that I told him from the jump that I was bi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boy, I'm bi. And like I like dressed him <laughs> and he wore like my pants. It was mm-hmm. back in the emo days when he wore like skinny jeans and stuff. He like yeah. was basically like an androgynous man. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. But that is a great question. So Frankie did have, you know... Like the small high school boyfriends, you know, back yeah. before he fully came out as gay and then fully came out as trans. Um, so Frankie's um, dating history and sexual history has all been with women at uh-huh. this point yeah. and with not just women, but like femme women. And Femmes it is very, very common. It's a repeat pattern that you see is that when um, trans men start taking testosterone and start going through their transition that they start finding themselves attracted to masculinity and to men for the first time in their lives and so Has that happened mm-hmm. to you so at first i was like <laughs> whatever like i don't even know frankie was like i like women i am never going to be attracted to and men to this day if a femme walks in the door i'm gonna see her before i'm gonna see anybody else. Mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter what okay like i'm gonna notice her i do men's hair because I like it, but also, like, it's less distracting. Mm-hmm. Like, but I will say that being on testosterone to this point, now I feel like, and before, I, I checked out dudes before. I could appreciate beauty. But now I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, I, but I can't really, like, picture myself being with a man mm-hmm. intimately. Like, especially with like, a, a cisgendered man. A cisgender yeah. man. Like, but I have recently, like, met a trans woman that I was attracted to. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Okay. okay, you know, and for me as a trans person, and I've met a trans woman, and I almost went on a date with a trans woman before, and like was like into the idea of it because for me, I wouldn't want uh, someone to look at me and say I don't want to be with you because you're trans because mm-hmm. of what you have in your pants. Because for me, I want you to see me as a person. Mm-hmm. And before when I when he, when I was identifying as gay, or, you know, lesbian, I dated a lot of quote-unquote straight girls right and now it's affirming because i'm like oh they were into men Mm -hmm. you know but i identified gay so sometimes like the women that i dated their parents or whatever weren't okay with it and i was like see me as a person don't see me for what's in my pants because it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. but it is interesting to see the difference in like 
she was like asking me recently she checks in she's like so who are you you know checking out and i'm like i think i just check out everyone Mm -hmm. you know like i think i'm just like oh you're hot you're hot you're hot you know like but it's not like i'm seeking out especially cis men i i can't really picture that Mm -hmm. right at this point not that i'm putting it out we like to say that um in our relationship you know we're non-monogamous we're open we have you know certain boundaries for what we will do with other people and what we won't and um but each of those boundaries is something that is able to be revisited and so if the boundary right now is that you know cis men are not in on the table for us for going outside of our relationship but if if either of us changed our mind on that because you're always evolving and your sexual tastes are evolving too. Mm -hmm. And so we like to leave that door open that if, if that ever changes for him, that he knows that he can come to me and we can talk about it. And that can be something that is available to him in the future. Do you Mm -hmm. all want to have children? Oh yeah, we do. We do want to have kids. And do you know who will carry the child? Oh, definitely. Okay. So I, um, I would love to be a birth mom. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get scared that I'm aging out of my ability to become a birth mom, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but I still, that's still plan A. Mm-hmm. So we're engaged, we're getting married this fall, and then we're going to start trying to have kids. And so, as you know, um, two people who have uteruses who are getting married, there is going to need to be, you know, some extra help to mm-hmm. go into it, which mm-hmm. does make it more complicated and more expensive. But it is something that is very uh, much a passion for us that we definitely want to do. I would love to take one of Frankie's eggs and mm-hmm. carry his child. Mm-hmm. That would be like an, an amazing situation for me. But it's expensive and he would have to go off of testosterone long enough to get his eggs. And to it would be very uh, psychologically hard for him to go through be, getting your period again and mm-hmm. being pumped full of female hormones mm-hmm. so that you can extract a lot of eggs and so I'd be willing to do it though especially post-op mm-hmm. like I can't like before when we would talk about it when she would be like before I started tea she was like what if we got your eggs taken out you know and we couldn't afford it number mm-hmm. one it's very expensive mm-hmm. but number two I was like I don't know if I can handle that like that's like a lot right now but now that I've been on hormones for it'll be a year and a half like this summer So I've had my voice has changed. My physical body has changed. I've had top surgery. And some of those are um, irreversible changes. Mm -hmm. So even though when he goes off of, if and when he goes off of testosterone, Mm -hmm. he will get his cycle back, Mm -hmm. but um, the voice will never go back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the downstairs will never go back Mm -hmm. to to the way it was. Not Mm -hmm. that that's like, you know, the voice and the body weight distribution would be the two things that, if I went on, went off of hormones that would like really give me dysphoria. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about dysphoria, anybody that doesn't know what that is, it just means when you don't feel it's correct with what you're aligned, like your biological gender does not align with what you feel. So like when before, like when I would have to go home like and change again like mm-hmm. we would go out we'd go out and i'd be wearing like whatever shirt and i'd look in the mirror and i'd be like i need to go change because mm-hmm. my chest was showing mm-hmm. i was having a dysphoric moment mm-hmm. and, and by his chest showing he means like he wouldn't have any cleavage showing at all because he was very um um you know like high button-up shirt 
and wearing a very compressing binder that presses the girls down really tightly. And so, but if he looked in the mirror while we were out and saw any kind of curve of a female chest on his masculine shirt, then it would start getting in his head in in a way that would make him feel bad. And so mm-hmm. um, we would we'd go home and, and he would change. And so because he wanted to wear a looser shirt or wear a jacket over mm-hmm. it that would hide his chest because he never, um, it, it is about how other people perceive him, but it's also just about how he feels in him, his own skin. Yeah, what makes you feel confident mm-hmm. when you go out? Were your surgeries expensive? Definitely. Or was it just like a regular boob job? So it actually is the exact same thing. So it's a double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's like a, a regular boob job, right? But for mine would be different because I'm having a nipple graft, which some biofemales do have as well, depending on their situation. But for me, I'm uninsured. So it was all out of pocket. I was, that was on here. Does insurance cover some of these medical expenses? So, insurance does cover some, just depending on what kind you have. We mm-hmm. definitely have some friends and people who have you know, mentored us through the process, who have been through the surgery, who did have all or part of their surgery covered mm-hmm. with their insurance. Wow. Depends on the surgeon. Up until recently, most surgeons did not because they would get screwed over. Mm-hmm. And... Oh. For me, I haven't been insured in years, especially now that I have, a, you know, a small business that I own and stuff like that. And so it was not even a question that I was going to be paying in a pocket. And so Care Credit is a really great resource to help you in that process. It can help with anything medically. So I really appreciate Care Credit for that. But it's definitely something that is a debt, but I will never regret it. Mm-hmm. And it's changed my life. My confidence went from like, Good confidence to like great confidence. Mm-hmm. He went from having very regular anxiety attacks and, that oh, are related wow. to his chest um, to to not having one for months, and so it's a drastic night and day difference. And it definitely it was definitely the right choice for him. With like younger people who you may meet, I know I think you mentioned something on the panel maybe or maybe I dreamt it I don't know but like what do you tell them if like a kid thinks that they may be trans or they're questioning it so if a a kid thinks that they're they might be trans and they're questioning it Mm -hmm. then um it's it's great to go through a counselor first and so to get that kind of like psychological guidance before you do any medical transition so Frankie has actually spoken at um, several different high school GSAs so GSA is like the gay straight alliance Mm. so Frankie when he was in high school he founded the gay straight alliance in his high school and then 12 years later he went back to his own home high school as a speaker to speak about um, his transition and how he came out as gay and how when he came out Originally, you know, or when he was outed at 16, that his mother was not very supportive. But then now, 12 years later, she's his biggest fan. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother and father marched beside him in the, the Pride Parade. And <laughs> so, um, so Frankie does definitely coach a lot of younger um, trans kids and, and non-binary kids and genderqueer kids. So I am a huge activist in the community. It's like something that is a big part of my purpose. And like she said, like I created the GSA for the most part. Like I had some help with it. But when I was in the six-week period of my recovery from my top surgery, I had a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of my friends is a high school teacher at Burkmar High School. And she said, if you wanted to come speak, like, you know, like that would be great at the GSA. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I'm going to have a lot of free time. 
So that was kind of like the opening up the can of worms for me. Mm. Were you nervous? I wasn't at all. Okay. I was nervous for, um, I would say, small reasons, knowing, like, that I was going in, like, high school. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, the old guy. I can't (laughs) say the word fuck here, you know? You gotta watch my mouth. (laughs) And I I didn't, I, like, somewhat watched my mouth, and I was like, oh, you guys are children, you know? So I was like, of course I'll go. And I, you know, opened up the opportunity to go to this high school and speak. And the first week that I went, it was kind of like getting to know the kids and stuff. And the second week I said, so I, you know, I'm coming back next week. Potentially I have my partner, Would you guys like to see like what a partner looks like. I have my mom who's super supportive and they were all like, your mom, can you bring your mom? Mm-hmm. Cause they wanted to see what a supportive mom looked like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was really powerful for me to bring my mom in that kind of space for these kids because some of them were out. Some of them were not. Some of them were lying to their parents about where they were. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see that kind of perspective. And when I brought my mom in, it was beautiful to see their reaction. And also for me, like there were moments that she remembered that I didn't. You know, she told me, I remember when he was 15 and we were riding in the car and I was like, oh, where where are we going? You know, it's like we were going to see grandma. And like, I remember you asked me, what would you say if I was gay? And she said, I would be embarrassed. I would be ashamed. I would be ashamed because I think that it would affect my business. And that was a a memory that I literally like tucked back in the back of my head and Mm -hmm. I didn't remember it. And until that moment. And these kids would never think that this woman that's super supportive that goes to gay pride with me every Mm -hmm. year and supports me and my fiance in our life, that she would say something like that. Mm -hmm. But it was humbling because they're like, that's nice to hear because mm-hmm. my parents aren't supportive at this moment, but I see this 29-year-old guy that's walking and living his life, and he's okay, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, you're supportive. Mm-hmm. But besides that, then I started speaking at, I um, went to my high school, and I spoke at my actual high school, which was, like, the most powerful, I feel like, for mm-hmm. me. And then I've spoken at um, UNG, Gainesville College. University of North Georgia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, you're at their really gender like... forum. Mm-hmm. I was reaching, wow. and these are all like, the, they reached out to me, they found me. And then at Frolicon, I had my own FTM class that I taught. FTM stands for? For female to male. Mm-hmm. So I had my own uh, FTM, female to male, non-binary class that I talked about my personal journey and what helped me. And for kids, to go back on that, when kids are in their you know gender journey as i like to call it mm-hmm. i like to tell them to play with pronouns figure out like before you're gonna go ahead and call yourself x y or z mm-hmm. just play with pronouns mm-hmm. if you're a bio female like i was and you were using she her try using they them mm-hmm. just see how that fits and then see how he him fits that doesn't fit and then go from there and then if you want to if you see yourself medically transitioning go see a counselor you know i had a kid come up to me at um i think it was burkmar that came up to me this little gender queer baby and was like frankie so how do i get on hormones and i was like whoa 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 let's uh you there's know, a process for all before yeah. we walk mm-hmm. you know because you need to understand that you're going through puberty right now right now i went through that <laughs> was that a requirement before you had your surgeries yes it is. Mm-hmm. So it's a requirement. I also suggest it. Mm-hmm. I went through it, and I went through it at 27. And you went mm-hmm. through it, meaning you went through counseling yes, to exactly. um, 
even though he'd gone through several, you know, years personally, you know, with the internal battle and struggle of do I want to transition or not, or do yeah. I am I genderqueer or do I want to transition to man, you know, or not, and then um, going through that therapy is a requirement before you can it is. proceed mm-hmm. further. And that, you know, th- those rules are, are varying different, you know, exactly. state by state. I was going to say, it depends on the doctor. Some of them you don't need, like, a note necessarily. But I would have gone to therapy either way mm-hmm. because my therapist helped me figure out if it was the right decision for mm-hmm. me. Because yeah, that is a big decision it to is. make. There's you can't a, go re- back. You can't. And there's some things that will, like, say I did go off hormones tomorrow. Uh, two months from now, I would get my cycle back. My voice would not necessarily change, but it would lose its base, I would call it. And my weight distribution would go back to normal, like to bio-female. There'd be small changes. My facial hair, this stuff that I've already grown, was not going to go away. It'll, mm-hmm. It won't thicken anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's medical things that you just... And it's the mental state. Like, you, you change mentally. Like, I, I think different. Mm-hmm. It's wild. You know what I mean? I... I process things differently. And I'm an emotional person. I always have been. I always say I wear my heart on my sleeve. But it just changes. Mm -hmm. It's like a different, like you just think differently, which is fascinating Mm -hmm. to me and to Mm -hmm. us because we've been going through this journey together. And I'm so lucky to have a partner. And she's like (laughs) the key ingredient to me being able to do this. I couldn't do this without her. Mm -hmm. My previous partners before her were not supportive. Mm -hmm. They, my previous partner before her I would bind I would like do all the things and she would see me go out and stuff like that and then she'd be like please don't get top surgery I love your chest please your chest is so nice and I put up with that you know Mm -hmm. but when I was with her Candy didn't touch my chest for like three months and we were like you know you're in the beginning stages we're, we're having sex heavy for yeah. those three months you <laughs> know sex, like, like every day everything multiple times you yeah know? The, i mean like i remember the first time that we were intimate with another person together and this person went to touch my chest and candy was like whoa is this okay and i said yes but i don't even think at that point you had been touching my chest you know mm. what i mean yeah no so like candy's like wait whoa I haven't even gone there. I had clear dysphoria about his chest, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to um, show sexual attention to his breast mm-hmm. if he, part of him hates his own breast. Even mm-hmm. though I have had sex with a lot of female-bodied people, I enjoy um, kissing and embracing and, and doing all sexual things mm-hmm. with, with female breasts, you know. So it's not that it wasn't my flavor. It was that it caused him anxiety, and I could tell that from day one. Mm-hmm. And so I... I didn't want to approach that until he told me it was okay. Mm-hmm. So he eventually he said, you know what? Okay. You know what? I'm going to get them chopped off, so let's enjoy them while they're still here. <laughs> so then we started adding that into our play a little bit more. Right. <laughs> this was amazing. Yeah. Um, I wish the time was not almost up, but yeah, it is. So we're going to um, move on to Indecisive Diane, and then we'll get into some advice, which is my favorite part of this show. Mind you. People really trust us. I don't know why. I don't know either, but look, (laughs) they do. Um, Yeah, so we're going to move on to Indecisive Diane. Would you stop thinking about what everyone wants? Stop thinking about what I want, what he wants, what your parents want. What do you want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? What do you want? All right, Diane. So what you got for us this week, girl? The sun coming out. We ready to pop. 
Hey ladies, it's me, Indecisive Diane. This week, we're going to keep it short and sweet and to the point. Because listen, summer's coming up, summer's here. You need to keep your bodies right and tight, whatever the hell that means to you. But look good, be healthy, use that OpenFit app that they was just talking about. Okay, Diane, so what's the date idea? So listen, ladies, seeing as how summer's coming up, I want you to be buns out in the sun. You know what I'm saying? I want you to take your bae, go out there, Put your little booty cheeks all out. Put them in his face. Let him rub on. Okay, Diane, is this a private swimming pool? A little PDA never hurt anybody. So go to your pool, glisten up with some coconut oil or some sunscreen. I don't know you. Did you say sunscreen? Some sunscreen. Put it on and look sexy and be there with your mans. Have some watermelon. Have some canned rosé. And that can be your date. It's a nice, cheap, little sexy date. It can be kind of rich depending on the pool. But even if you live in the hood, go to your pool and have them buns out but be safe sisters thanks diane i think no problem ladies bye okay you guys so now it's time for advice so our guests are still here and they're gonna help us answer the questions remember to send your advice letters to askcocktails at gmail.com let me make sure i'm reading an actual okay this is an advice okay she what's said, the subject Fake bay versus new boo. Okay. She just sent it yesterday. Okay. Hey, ladies. Love the show and so happy I have someone to ask this question to. So my dilemma is I have a friends with benefits situation that's been going on for like six years and a new friend that I've been dealing with for like three months. We've known each other a couple years, but nothing ever came of it. The issue is these niggas is on the same sex schedule. Three times now, I've had to fuck two niggas back to back, and I'm not okay with this at all. Never the same day, but the very next day, barely making 24 hours. Girl, fuck those 24 hours. (laughs) Okay, I'm trying to decide if I should tell Nubu about fake bae, because when I try to break away, it's going to be a problem. But I'm not sure if we're deep enough to cause an issue in my current situation. Leaving great sex on a regular basis, we're super comfortable with each other. Toys, ass plays, sucking balls, picking out lingerie <laughs> is really a good situation. But he's not mm-hmm. trying to give me babies, so I have to date other people, you know? Nubu has okay peen and is inconsistent, and we're just not at a level where I want to be open to everything. Plus, I don't know if he deserves everything yet. Mm. I know I can't tell fake bae that I want to get serious with someone and expect him to understand because we've been there before. I'll leave the three times below for reference. Feel free to read if you like, but if it gets long... Uh, but it gets long, so I'll end it here. Looking forward to hearing your um, opinions. Thanks in advance. Okay, well, I don't know the last three times. What happened? Okay, last three times I tried to date someone else. Calling multiple times in the middle of the night, which he's never done before. Sitting in front of my house. Start- Girl, what the Girl, fuck? Who are you with? Uh-uh. And this is the fake bait. Okay, sitting in front of the house, starting arguments, calling from a bunch of different numbers. I take the blame because I lied to my boyfriend. <laughs> Girl, what kind of life are you living? I take the blame because I lied to my boyfriend at the time because I didn't want to sound like a hoe trying to explain the situation. (laughs) The second time, 
I tried to start an argument and blocked his number. He had a key to my house as a t- Is this fake my friend? They had a key to your- Wait, I had to check the name on the okay. email because this sounds like one of my First of all, girls. she's breaking all the rules. <laughs> if it's fake bae and you, she has a legitimate you let boyfriend. You have a key. She- well, I don't know if this time she had a boyfriend. So she says he had a key <clears> at my house and came in one day while I was at work and stole all my stuff. My Roku's, my laptop. <laughs> Ma'am, you need my one laptop, person in your life. My flat irons, all my makeup and perfume, shaking my head. It was tragic. Of course, I called him to bring <laughs> my things back. He laughed and said, oh, so you are alive. This nigga is crazy. And once he came over, everything was um, in a bag in the back of my coat closet. So in his mind, I shouldn't be mad because everything was still in the house. I didn't have to explain that one um, I didn't have to explain that one, thankfully. But we started speaking again, so he still got his way. And then the third time, he came in and left money under my pillow that my new nigga obviously found and never stepped foot in my house again or ever invited me he to his house. He left money under the pillow? Like, like the, the tooth fairy? <laughs> what? How much? Girl, what's going on? I know, she didn't, she didn't put that. Okay, we kind of faded away after seven months of dealing with each other. I still miss him. Girl. I think that... Uh, so the last three times she tried to date someone else, these are the situations that happened. Okay, not necessarily that fake bait did this. Okay. So what is she? What is the so question? The question, question? Is, <laughs> so the question oh, wow, is, she I'm has she has this fake bait, the dude she's been fucking for six years, and then she has this new guy. But the fake bait doesn't want to give her baby, so she's trying to date, and she wants to cut things off, but. Uh, Honestly, it sounds like the dick isn't that good with the new guy. And that's why you are sending us an email. Why don't you just throw both the bays away and find a new bay? Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like you might need to do. Yeah, neither one of them are giving you what you want. Yeah, sounds like settling. Well, yeah. yeah. I also would like to throw out ethical non-monogamy. If you, like, tell both (laughs) of these these guys, you know, like, hey— I'm going to get my dick from you and I'm going to get my babies and my relationship from you and I'm going to communicate okay about it the it. whole time. Then, yeah. you know, I know that sometimes people are not down with that and like mm-hmm. non-monogamy is not for everybody. Sometimes mm-hmm. people just want to be monogamous and there's no shame in that either, you know. Um, but that's a, that's a great that, thing <laughs> about non-monogamy is that you can not lie about it. Yeah. You don't have to, there's no deception. Nobody's and stealing your flat iron. Nobody's stealing <laughs> your flat iron. And you also, you don't expect one person to be your everything because yeah. like the guy with the good dick is not the same guy that gives you all the life things that you want. And so yeah, he you can have the like, lane. you can have the connection with one person and they can give you what they got. And you can have a different sexual connection with another guy and he can give you what he's got. What really Y'all heard but that? John, but, Every um everybody's saying you gotta leave Nubu alone because he's not doing anything. He's just taking up time. He's already. That's tripping. what I was gonna say. Why? Like, what's up with him? I don't what's he know. Bringing in the picture. She. I don't. I didn't see anything good. Not Nothing. one thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was great advice, Candy. <laughs> that was. <laughs> it was. Um, Way to reel it in. So this next one, I was gonna read a different one, but I think this is perfect to read since seeing is the guest that we have here. Um, this one, the subject says, need help finding a third. So mm. she says, hey, ladies. I hey, honestly girl. don't care if you say my name or not. <laughs> we not, because I'm ain't nobody trying to. <laughs> so go right ahead and say my name. Well, we're not saying it, girl. Okay, so <laughs> I'm trying need, to get her shout out. Right? Uh, She's trying to get a whole shout out. She's like, like I said, you can say it. She's this like, my Instagram. you want to say my Instagram, <laughs> here's my Twitter. Right. Uh-huh. Okay, so I need help. 
Me and the guy I have regularly been having sex with for years have been talking about bringing another woman into the bedroom just to add some extra stuff to our sex life because it's something we both want. Personally, I want to just watch him fuck another woman and he wants to be the center of attention from both of us. Oh. How do I go about finding a woman? I'm 21 and he's 25. We live in New York City. Oh, that's going to be oh, easy. Girl, that's easy. So <laughs> you think walk outside. It would, oh, this is what she says. So you think it would be really easy. But I don't know. I'm out of my element in a way. I am the one in charge of finding the female, and he would find the guy when that time comes. So please mm -hmm. give some advice. P.S. I just need uh, advice on how to get women in general because I'm interested in being with a woman. But, yeah, I'm struggling, y'all. Thanks, girls. Bye, Curious Leah. Oh. Well, there you go, girl. Ooh, there it is. There's a shout out. So we get a lot of um, advice letters like this, and we give our take on it. Mm -hmm. But I think this is going to be great to get y'all's advice because you are in a non-monogamous relationship. And how does she do this? I mean, I can. So, you know, it's funny. I, I even said the comment, like, you live in New York. Just go outside. But I would say for us, like, we, like, we met. I mean, she knew Emily before. Well, so she, you know, she knew her previously but we started like seeing her organically right like because we're all burlesque performers and stuff like that but it, it is hard for us to find a partner but even with did emily did y'all start flirting with her was we did okay oh yeah yeah we were like hardcore flirting with her she's beautiful and mm -hmm. we were like oh hi yeah. <laughs> and especially have I you guys was, like, seen her dance right? like so I've been a couple of her shows i've seen you wonderful. dance too Ooh. right yes. but it's it's organic like that and even in you know the future like if we're ever seeking other partners, we can't just like, you know, have like a form, like fill this out. Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I'm into that, you know, because we need someone that f checks all the boxes. Mm -hmm. So for that, for those people, like, you know, for her and her boyfriend, like they might, you know, perceive like a specific type of woman. Mm -hmm. They might say, I want a feminine woman or I want X, Y, and Z. So if they're going for physicality, that's one thing, but also like, is this woman in a relationship? Is she in an ethical relationship? Mm -hmm. Is she in a non-ethical relationship? Is she safe? Is she, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of things, especially with non-monogamy that we, you know, obviously practice ethically that we have to think about. Because when you enter somebody else into your relationship, we have to take care of our family. Mm -hmm. We have to take care of Emily and McGally and all of our other partners because they're with us mm -hmm. they're our family so that's like how we work and we're also very picky mm -hmm. and i'm sure that that girl and her boyfriend probably can relate to that but should you pick them together like how she said i'm in charge of getting the girl should you both be in charge so he sounds like he's like you you do the dirty work girl i'm just gonna be over here with my dick mm -hmm. and i'm like and that's just me like being defensive of women too mm -hmm. so like i i find it like if it were our case like if we were like seeking another partner i would want to be involved mm -hmm. i would want us both to be involved i wouldn't just be like you figured out I'll bring see you her later. home bring her home because <laughs> i want to be involved i'm just gonna be like oh yeah you're just something that i get to you know fuck so you know frankie and i are in a long-term committed relationship together um we're engaged obviously right um and we've had We've had a handful of, of threesomes, and some of them are one time only, like mm -hmm. spontaneous. We're at a club, and like we find somebody that we like, and mm -hmm. she's hitting on us or something. Um, and then sometimes it's with a more long term committed relationship, like Emily and mm -hmm. our, our girlfriend. And so, 
each case is obviously different. Um, sometimes we meet somebody in a club. Sometimes we, you know, are friends with somebody that we, we want to flirt with and we want to approach, you know, but we always do it together with uh, approaching the person. And I think it, um, I think the, the question here is more how, how to flirt with it? a girl mm-hmm. and less of how do we find a third, you know, unicorn mm-hmm. person, which the unicorn in like a poly language is like a third female typically to a heterosexual couple. And so like a lot of heterosexual couples seek like a third female, like this yeah. exact, mm-hmm. this There's exact an email. There's third that's exactly for oh. this that's really popular in New York. <laughs> oh, yeah. I doubt it. I thought I was going to yeah, try it. You better it, look that up, girl. Oh. It's, not po- it's not popping in Atlanta. So like, <laughs> you know, as, as a couple who like does, you know, have a third sometimes, you want to be really... Um, aware of that person's feelings you know that you're not exactly. having couple privilege and just using them as their as your toy unless mm-hmm. they want to be you know just your toy and that's mm-hmm. their thing mm-hmm. um which they'll communicate that to you you want to make sure that you're taking care of their feelings you. and that maybe they want to be more involved and you know if you didn't you need to communicate that mm-hmm. um a lot of i think uh, you know uh, some couples can just take advantage of a third person and only use you when you're convenient to us and then when you're not convenient to us we don't really care about your feelings you know or anything mm-hmm. and that's that's not cool you know so we try and make a good example of um always being aware of people's feelings mm-hmm. and and keeping that in consideration and also like i want to know that candy feels comfortable with the person mm-hmm. so i would not want to like say we're out and I meet somebody that I'm flirting with and she happens to be over here and I'm like, hey, babe, let's take her home. And Candy's like, yeah, maybe I'm going to even talk to this person. Frankie, do you want to tell them about our fruit system? Oh, yeah. So we have a fruit system. So uh, for it, X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So, okay, this started out when Frankie and I went to our first um, Pride Festival together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a dating history in Atlanta. Frankie has a dating history in Atlanta. And the queer world is kind of small. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be, when you're at a Pride Festival, we have this contest of, like, who can run into somebody you fucked first? <laughs> All right? So we have so, strawberries. We wanted, we wanted to develop a, a code so that, like, if, um, if you fucked this person, they are a grape. And if you had a relationship with this person, they are a Kiwi. So if somebody <laughs> walks up to us and just says, oh, hi, and Frankie goes, Kiwi. And I'm like, oh, sometimes this is your they don't say hi. Okay. Like sometimes you just see them and you say Kiwi. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Great. Or or Frankie was like, bad Kiwi, bad Kiwi, bad run, kiwi. run, run, run. <laughs> you know? And right. then a strawberry is a girl that you know she's hot. There's yeah, a strawberry like, at three o'clock. All right. And then pineapple. Pineapple is is the one that means she. Oh, that girl at three o'clock is Let's she? Let's take her home. We should take her home. Mm. <laughs> that's that's it's and like that's when the flirting do you think starts. she's a pineapple and i say i think she could be a pineapple but it should and be then, mindful of both people involved mm. and it shouldn't just be him being like you do the dirty work mm-hmm. i'm gonna just sit here and be with my privilege mm-hmm. over here it should be both maybe y'all should do the fruit system or something like that like go out and like make it fun to like find women that you both are exactly. into to flirt with and make it a whole thing make it doesn't it have thing. to be just oh we're bringing this girl over yeah it and i think frankie and candy gave you some really solid advice on mm-hmm. communication i think yes. you and your guy should really sit down and talk about what you even want not yep. just you go out and get the girl what do y'all both want what are you mm-hmm. attracted to and what do y'all want to happen when y'all do have sex yeah yep. and what's gonna happen after and, and boundaries 
and boundaries. Mm-hmm. That and so is number I'm all one. For boundaries. Number what one are you is attracted boundaries. to in a woman? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. You're attracted to her being submissive. You're attracted to her having a little bit more oomph in her. You know, having a little bit more pushback, a little mm-hmm. bit more, uh, a little bit more say, more experience with with women. You mm-hmm. want somebody who knows what she's doing mm-hmm. in the bedroom, or are you okay with a toaster? Like, you, know, you got to warm her up. Toaster <laughs> being like, um, if. If I have sex with a woman who has never had sex with a woman ever before, you get then a toaster. The the gay lesbian home office that's fictional mm-hmm. will mail me a toaster for my recruitment efforts because I recruited <laughs> somebody into the gay world and I like initiated them and gave them their first gay experience, then I get a toaster, you know, and so then like however many like newbies you recruit into the gay world it's like man i got like 12 toasters you know? <laughs> but i find that boundaries are really important i would say because they're a committed couple together so you're entering a third person so that's you important need to, you need to mm-hmm. talk about like because you what? don't want nobody getting mad in the exactly. middle of a threesome. Exactly. It makes Throwing it less shoes, sexy. There's leaving. Trying exactly. to fight you. Y'all so you know my from experience over there? You've been throwing some no. shoes no. during threesomes? No, but you you yeah. talk about, like, what's the worst <laughs> thing that could happen. You talk to your boyfriend. You say, all right, I am okay with you fucking her, but I'm not okay with you... Kissing her. Kissing her. Exactly. Or I'm not... I'm okay with you doing X, Y, and Z. Are you okay with me doing this? Because in this situation, you want it to be sexy, so... Set yourself up for success. Right. If you say this could happen, hopefully that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Hopefully everything perfect happens and everything's perfect. But if it doesn't, then you know that's on you, in my opinion. Girl, you got the longest advice piece we've ever given. So I really <laughs> hope you go out there and I hope you, you better win. have a cocktail. You better have a whole cocktail and don't be nervous to flirt. Flirt with these hoes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now it's time for us to move on to our cocktails, last part of the show. Remember, if you have a sexual confession that you can't tell your friends in real life, send it to us. Cocktails.atl at gmail.com, and we may just read it on the show. We are not saying your names, so you know you don't tell us to be anonymous. But, um, yeah, send it to cocktails.atl at gmail.com. So I'm going to read a cocktail and then you guys will share a cocktail Ooh. and y'all's is a together cocktail, yeah, right? Y'all, y'all can't. Y'all, okay. y'all ready. I'm so excited. Okay. So this one is, the subject is rabbit nightmare. Oh, she man. says <laughs> a nightmare too. Hey besties. Hey girl. You can call me juice. My boyfriend fucks like a rabbit shaking my head. Every time we have sex, he goes so fast that it's literally boring as fuck. (laughs) When I tell him to slow down, his dick gets soft. I know my pussy will cause a world war. LOL. Hence the name Juice. I've I've also had plenty of stalkers. Okay, girl. This is my fourth boyfriend. Been with him. Been with more women. And I don't know if this is normal. I honestly don't know what to do. He's a great guy and eats pussy amazing. Attaching the photo of myself. Love y'all. So that really was kind of like a cocktail end advice. But thanks for that, girl. That, um, yeah. <laughs> Normally our cocktails are like a little bit uh, more juicy. But I'm ready to hear y'all's cocktail. 
<laughs> well, I would say for for hers though, um, just talking about it before you have sex, mm-hmm. like literally, like when you're just like boring setting, like we're just like hanging out. We both just got off work. We're fully clothed. We're not turned on. Like, hey, so when we hooked up last night, like you know, like you were going a little fast, and I'm not trying. Like you were doing it, and I mm. loved it, and it was great, and you did X, Y, and Z, amazing. But slow down. But like. Take you know time. what would make me feel like even more and you could get me there is to slow down a little bit mm-hmm. and don't feel intimidated by me telling you that because I'm just trying to tell you what I like personally because everything that you've been doing for me is great mm-hmm. and I love it. But this would just up the ante instead of, you know, starting out the conversation with what he did wrong. Like he went too fast. So you know, got to do the sandwich approach. You got to say, oh, man, when you bit my ear last night, that was hot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, you know, what what's some of your fantasies? And, like, talk about his fantasy. And then, like, say, well, what? how do you like it? You know what? I like it a little bit slow, actually. Slower is, like, sexy to me. It was and like so- a cocktail slash advice. <laughs> like, wow. it was like cocktail, but, like, what do I do? <laughs> but y'all share your cocktail and then Kiki will. Are you sharing an OG cocktail? I'm trying to decide. Okay, girl. You got time. Okay, you start it. I'll finish it. Got it. All right. So, um, this... One time early in <laughs> our relationship. So, so good. Uh, when <laughs> a lot of times when you start a new relationship, you get a new strap on for each relationship. So um, it's just a new person, Smart. new equipment. You yeah. know, you don't want to use your old equipment with your, your new people, you mm-hmm. know, because that equipment's been somewhere sometimes. Yeah. And that's not for everybody. But like. A lot of times that's the case. So, um, you know, we went to the store. We got some new equipment. And, you know, we used it a couple of times. And it's good. It's good. Like like the harnesses that we use, the rodeos, which are bomb They're ass. Amazing. So if you're if queer. You're, if you're queer and you're using any rodeos. kind of like the strappy strap-ons. It's a pair of underwear You need to upgrade to some mm-hmm. rodeos. So it literally, like, you just put the, harn- or the, put the, you know, the dildo in there. And, like, it's like, it's a part of you. Because it's a pair of underwear. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So you got more control over yep. it for the person who's driving. And doesn't hurt you because you know, you strap on good experience. Weird and, yeah. <laughs> so we are working with this new piece of equipment, and we have a new guy, you know, a new dildo who is in the strap on. And John Luke. <laughs> we <laughs> named like him John Luke mm-hmm. because to boldly go where. No man has gone before. (laughs) (laughs) I've never even heard you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Frankie is fucking me with Jean-Luc. And, you know, like, it's good. It's good. But it's like, you know, there's something. We're changing position. We're adjusting a little bit. And Frankie Frankie knows how to use his equipment. (laughs) You know, like, he knows... He, he knows how to drive this 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 kind of machine, and um, so but there's just something that's just like not, can't figure it out. We can't figure it out. There's just something not working, and then I'll let Frankie take it from there. So I get frustrated because like we've I've literally like flipped her all over the place. And I'm like, oh, why he won't flip this? me upside down? He like <laughs> puts me up on the headboard, and we right. just can't find the right position. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to figure it out, and I'm like, be right back. Right. <laughs> so I take. You know, I just walk with, you know, my, my, you know, so I walk into the kitchen and I take it out of the the strap and I look at it and this specific one has like balls on it. Right. Mm. So it's like, (laughs) like a long, you know, purple one that has like fake balls on the end of it. It's Mm. plastic. And I look at it. Yeah. yeah, Silicone. So I take it and I put it on the counter and I get a big butcher knife. (sighs) 
and I cut the balls off of it. <laughs> he just fucking chops Literally the balls off of John Luke. Uh, so I chopped. Right. So I so I chopped the balls. Let me finish the story, okay? <laughs> Over here. Let, <laughs> let me finish. So I literally chop the balls off and I take them and I put them on top of my fridge. They lived there, by the way. Balls. Yes. Because it was hilarious. So I took it off and I'm like, because I, I was trying to figure it out. I'm gonna, it was that last epiphany that I was like, the balls. The balls. And I didn't even say anything to her. I was like, be right back. And she's like, why the fuck are you leaving me like this? You know? And I come back and I put it back in there. Perfect. So they and then he fucked me right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Not that it I didn't balls, fuck her right y'all. before. I just fucked her right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like right where the doctor ordered. Because only because of the way that it hit. You know what I mean? Like if I was a cis man, like my balls would go down here. But mm. this one, you just put it on like that. But it just got in the way. But literally, cut them, cut balls, them balls off. So I think I, I think we still have knife. the balls with a butcher knife. With All right, a so butcher then... knife. So the butcher knife <laughs> still there. Like the next morning. So the next morning, we're like, you know, waking up and walking to the kitchen. There's fucking balls on the kitchen counter with a butcher knife, and and then we just put it on top of the fridge. Right, balls off. We left them on top of the fridge, and there was just like a funny story to tell people whenever they came over, and we're like, I love it. Oh, hey, good. Can we pull out some pita chips? There's some balls right here. And they were there, and I couldn't let them go. I feel like y'all should still have the balls up there. We didn't want to throw them away. It just felt wrong. I think we threw them away. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna read one because that was a good story. Mine was gonna be like, "Bitch, here you go again with some bullshit." Okay, so this one says um, she claims it's a juicy night. We gonna see. Oh. She says, "Hey, ladies, I have a cocktail, and I'm blaming it on y'all." Damn. Uh. <laughs> I've been listening to Kiki rave about she orgasms, and I had plans to see my supplier, so I ordered to give it a try. Okay, that's what you're supposed to do. He told me about a Sibian at a sex club in the city, so that yep. night we decided to grab a bottle and go. I took two pills a bit before we left, and it started working shortly after. Girl, I had to check because I thought my cycle had came on for a sec. I was so juicy. Anyways, we pull up and the place looked like an old warehouse. Had the typical sex club crowd, older white couples, so we just chilled and drank. After a while, I'd built up liquid... Well, she said liquor, but I know you meant liquid courage. And I was dripping with us uh, just talking about flirting. And so we went upstairs to do the machine. There was a girl on it when we walked up, and she made me nervous because her ass was wilding out. So my turn comes, and I choose my attachment, not too big, but nice and thick, and hop on. My guy's in front of me, and I pull out my 42 G's for him to suck on, and an- whoa, for him to suck on, and another girl is in there behind me, slapping and massaging my ass while I rode. I'm a big fine woman who's not too shy about my body, so I wasn't as worried about everybody seeing my titties and ass in motion. Y'all, it gave me what I came for. The vibration and stroke of the machine made me come so hard I forgot I was I forgot where I was for a second. And I didn't hold back. And I came uh, and I can get pretty loud. I didn't realize until I got off how the line had grown and so many people were watching. Anyway, 
I caught my breath, and we left and went to the bar for some hookah, wings, and drinks. That's my kind of party. Okay, we get back to the house. I showered and was taking my tipsy ass to sleep. He came to the bed and pulled my legs open roughly and devoured my pussy like it was the last meal for what felt like forever. He wouldn't let me touch him, gave me all the aggression and rough talk I love, which usually isn't his style. Spanking my ass, snatching me back when I was trying to run, and coming again, ate the booty. Ate the booty! <laughs> which I usually don't like either, but I loved it that night. And fingering my asshole. Whoa. Okay, he's <laughs> making my booty hurt, girl. But all right. He sucked my toes and licked my feet, which I love. Oh, y'all was getting nasty, nasty. This is juicy. Y'all okay. having a night. He, okay, he went to the bathroom. I heard him shower and brushing so hard. We were really going to sleep this time. He came back in and got on top, giving me a giving me good long strokes he paused and finally let me suck his dick and i went to work y'all after a while i realized he had any dick and his ass was not gonna come so i gave up because girl my jaws was tired i know that's right he slid back in and fucked me for a while longer shit got so passionate looking in each other's mm-hmm. eyes kissing and slow stroking my ass lost my mind and i said i love you <laughs> which is a no-no with him, he finally got tired, and usually I wouldn't stop till he'd come, but I'd done enough of that for <laughs> the both of us that night. She deaf or um, she deaf orgasm that night, okay? Anyways, countdown is on for my next visit to ATL in a week, and I'll deaf be packing those things in my bag first. Signed, Juicy Fruit. That was Juicy Fruit. Wow. That was juicy. You didn't lie. You did not lie. But what was he brushing? When she said he was brushing was all hard, I was like, what I didn't skip a word. I don't know. Maybe he was brushing his teeth. She thought she was going to brush his teeth and floss and go to this bed. This is an ATL? Where, where's this club at? They have a Sibian. I'm wondering. That was good. That was a good ass cocktail. Thank I'm gonna write her back, and I'll tell you. What Can you she ask said. him what he was brushing? Where to? was the club? And what? And what was, was he brushing? And what was he brushing? We read your letter. <laughs> What well, y'all, thank you so much for coming. If you want to plug anything, now would be the time to do it. Instagrams, if you have anything coming up, please, please, please plug. Okay, so we have a show May 11th at My Sister's Room, Ooh. and it's in Midtown Atlanta. So we will both be performing in the burlesque show there. Where do they buy tickets at? So um, the uh, tickets are available at the door. Okay. It'll be ten dollars per person um, for Sexy Saturday by the Candy Box Review, which is our burlesque troupe. Um, so again, May eleventh at my sister's room is our Candy Box Review burlesque mm. show. And uh, my name is Candy Lacur again, and my Instagram is C A N D I underscore L E C O E U R. Like liqueur, like liqueur. the heart in oh. French. And I am Frankie Love, and you can find me on Instagram at Every Head Is My Canvas. And my barbershop is Tiger's Eye Barbershop in Midtown. So if you ever need a cut or line up or whatever you're looking for, you can just some hit of y'all me up. do. They be in the DMs oh, trying to go yeah. on dates. Y'all need some lineups before you mm. step yeah. this one more. About time. to say you made make yourself <laughs> fresh. I can get I get a lot of guys laid. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's not just about making your hair look good. Like Frankie's good um, hairapist mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. walk you guys through some. You know, or you, you women. You know, like mm-hmm. you know anybody or who people, needs a barber. And, any people or non-binary people. Yeah, I was going to say, just people of all genders and all walks of life. Get it, Frankie's get a it. great therapist. And if anybody's having uh, any uh, gender journey questions, come and sit in Frankie's barber chair. Oh, yeah, and he'll I'll come help me. you out. He'll therapy you. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> May 11th, my sister's room. I'm definitely going to try to come. Y'all, y'all should try to come with me because I think you'll be out of town, huh? 
No, I'll be here. Oh, let's That's the go. same day as the okay. wine thing, too. What wine thing? The wine thing that you invited me to. I don't even remember. We'll talk about okay. that later. Yeah, no, all right. Well, <laughs> you can show up with a nice wine bar. I'll show up yeah. tipsy, and that'll be the perfect time <laughs> it to is, see it is a later the show. Yeah, because yeah, this is during the day. So. Okay, perfect. I've never seen you guys perform, so I'm excited. I want to yeah. go. I'll I'm actually good. actually performing. Normally, I just co-produce and oh. panther. And sometimes we do duets, but I'm actually performing. Okay, And I'm cool. going to be in my prom dress. I'm excited Oh, well, about if y'all want to come hang out with us, come. Yeah, May 11th, it's going to be weird. week before yeah. the live show. Okay, so make sure that you check those guys out and then check us out at Eventbrite to buy those tickets for the live show. And follow us on Instagram at Cocktails Podcast. I am at Kiki Said So. And I'm at Coffee Bean Bean. And until next week, you guys, goodbye. goodbye. I'm sorry. But the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Wait on the track.